0: Good morning. Good to see you here. I'm gonna move this out of the way in case I get to walk in, which sometimes I do. <clears throat> well, today's Super Bowl Sunday, and as many of you know, if you didn't know, even if you don't know what like football, you know what it is. A few years ago, a man had two tickets to the Super Bowl. He was real excited, but unfortunately, his wife died, so he had to go by himself. And he was sitting there at the Super Bowl with an empty seat next to him. And people next to him were asking, you know, Wh- whose seat is this for? He said, well, it's for my wife. She passed away, but she couldn't be here. And they said, well, I'm so sorry to hear that. But surely there was someone, friend, family member, or somebody that would have loved to have her seat. He said, yeah, I, I'm sure there would be, but I don't know. They just all insisted on going to her funeral instead. <laughs> so. You know, 8.30 really hated that joke. Uh, you all liked it a little better. You know, and the reason I, and I give that joke is that attending the Super Bowl over your wife's funeral is clearly a, a case of misplaced priorities, amen? You know, you can sell that ticket and pay for her casket and funeral and all that kind of thing, right? might even be a blessing if that were to happen. Misplaced priorities, when it comes to, to misplacing one's priorities, none of us are immune to that. We all can get priorities out of whack. We can all have our priorities misplaced. And today we're looking at a passage of scripture where a young Jesus was starting to begin to establish his Priorities, as he became a young man and started growing in his faith. Even though his parents didn't quite understand, he was setting his priorities. We're in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's passage. Well, I pray that it would search our hearts as we look at this today and that it would affect us in maybe a new way if we're familiar with it. For those of us who are looking at it for the first time, that we would see... Jesus has growth in establishing his priorities and as we seek to grow spiritually we can understand a little bit better what it means for our priorities to be going in the right direction. Father I pray that these words written on the pieces of paper uh, will, will be, that will become a sermon it'll be Touched by you, that your word, as we know, will not return void, that you will press it upon the hearts of the hearers, and you'll fill me with your spirit today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you today three things that we see here in this passage that I believe we can learn about the concept of our spiritual priorities. Three things that we can learn about establishing our spiritual priorities. First, as we grow, spiritually speaking, as we grow, our priorities will change. They will change. Verse 41 says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Jewish law instructed that every male, every man, must go to Jerusalem to participate in three yearly feasts. There was the Feast of the Passover, which celebrated God's deliverance of the Jews from Egypt and slavery. There was Pentecost, and there was the Feast of the Tabernacles. But because this was the time of the Roman Empire, and there was no nation Of Israel as it was it used to be the Jews were dispersed throughout the Roman Empire it made it nearly impossible for every Jewish male to make all three festivals so a custom a concession developed among the Jews where a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for just one festival was sufficient and so they were going to the Passover now women were not required to attend but It was not unusual and probably likely for wives and mothers to travel along with the family, which is what is happening here. Verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. So at the age of 12, Jesus now is considered a young man. You're considered a child below the age of 12. From 12 to 29, you're considered a young man. That's something to think about, isn't it? And age 30 and up, you're considered an old man, a mature man. So he's 12. So he's now considered a son of the law. He's now considered a responsible member of the covenant community. He had entered into young manhood. And now he was obliged to fulfill the law. So he's not just going up to Jerusalem like a child again, just with his dad and his family, he's going up because it he, he was expected to. It is a rite of passage. And it's how he would be for the rest of his life, uh, any man would be, to fulfill that law. So this would be his first official pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The feast would last a few days. Verse 43. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning... The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey and began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. They had to turn the car around, right? we have never really had that happen before. The closest that ever came to us at one time is when Emily realized she left her cell phone in the rest station. About 30 miles down the road we had to turn the car around and go get her cell phone, but we've never left a child. Although I can kind of see how this would happen in the time. The caravan would have been filled with family and, and friends and next of kin traveling together. It was like a big church mission trip, right? Last night we went up to myrtle beach to see the beta club berkeley and st john's and even some in goose creek perform and and half the building was like monk's corner was there my kids could walk around and be anywhere and i would feel pretty safe with them right it's just the whole community was there so it would not have been unusual to not to to see that jesus wasn't with the family so many people just assumed jesus was with an uncle or maybe a friend or something like that you know last year we took 19 people to anaheim we took parents and youth and kids on a mission trip and there were times in the airport and places where i wasn't sure where all my children were and but i wasn't concerned because i knew they were probably with colby or someone more responsible than me like colby or someone like that or or, or, or with a friend or something like that. I, I knew they were probably safe. And especially with the older children that were age 12 or so, I, I wasn't worried about it. Because they knew if they got lost what they could do. They have cell phones, they didn't know who to talk to, things like that, right? I wasn't worried. 12-year-old Jesus probably a similar thing. They're probably going down the road and, do you have Jesus? Oh, yeah, he's back there. Or, oh, yeah, he's up here. I saw him. And then they get further down the road and they said, now you have Jesus, right? No, I don't have him. What, do you have him, right? No, he was with so-and-so. Do you have him? No, he was with you know, Uncle Jeremiah or something, right? Then they realize, kind of like that scene in Home Alone when they're on the plane, where's Jesus? They realize he wasn't with them. Right? As a young man growing in his relationship with the Father, Jesus starts making mental changes to his priorities. He was still in submission to his parents but his mission started to take root. You know, his mission in life was not to be the son of Mary. His mission was to be the savior of mankind. And now he's starting to change his priorities. He's growing in ways his parents couldn't help him. We kind of understand what that's like. But imagine being the Parent of Jesus coming to you with questions you don't know how to answer. Son, I can't help you. <laughs> Growing in that way. And as you grow spiritually, your priorities start to change. Things you viewed as important just simply are not important anymore. Activities that you would never miss are just not that important. They just fall by the wayside relationships maybe friendships that you once treasured you realize maybe now are not friendships maybe they weren't real like you thought they were and so as we grow spiritually our priorities will change and usually that means that we quit doing certain things and replace them with things God wants us to do so not only do our priorities change though secondly as we grow spiritually, our priorities develop, develop. Some of you may remember back before cell phones when you took a picture, you gotta take the film into the Walgreens or somewhere and get the film developed. And as it's developing, the image that you took on that camera starts coming into focus. And that's what's happening when our priorities develop. They start coming into focus they're not just changing they're they're developing you're starting to see what they are look at verse 46 after three days they found him jesus in the temple sitting among the teachers listening to them and asking them questions as jesus's priorities changed they started to take on a life of their own, they started to develop. And they developed him uh, into him being interested in his beliefs, interested in the tenets of his faith, interested in his role. And this happens as you grow. I remember I grew up literally in church. I stayed in the balcony as a kid many days, and, and, my, mo- and my, my my mother was, was in the choir, and I remember as I became a teenager. All of a sudden, the preaching that I had heard all my life from my same pastor, just things started clicking to me. I just started understanding it more. I wasn't just up there sleeping like a child or something like that. We had no first kids' worship back then. Things started clicking. And in Jesus, this is happening at age 12, as he's now a man. And he's in there talking to the rabbis. This was like being, being in the New York Of Israel Jerusalem talking to the top rabbis in the land listening to them teach and then asking them questions that's why God gave us two ears one mouth amen it's kind of a joke but I like it it's not the main reason but I like it it works we we listen twice as long as we should talk at least we should and he's learning about scriptures. He's learning about God. In a strange way, he's learning about himself, which kind of boggles the mind. It's a mystery. He's simultaneously fully man, yet fully God, but he still had to learn. His brain still had to develop. You've been around a 12 year old boy, you know the brain's not fully developed, it's developing. Because he was God, the people knew he was not an ordinary young man. So when our priorities start to develop, we start to learn about things we would never known about. Our priorities change, and they develop, and we open into a world we didn't know existed. And this is the world Jesus is learning in at age 12. You know, as we grow in our faith, we should always be wanting to know more about God what his word says you might have seen a picture of an eagle's nest maybe in the branches of a tree or in a cliff but you've probably never looked inside up close and personal an eagle's nest a few years ago i was walking outside looked up and there was a bald eagle in a tree in my backyard you know, they're not so much endangered anymore there's a lot more out there now because they've protected them i thought is that a bald eagle right but i didn't climb the tree to look inside the nest really high, right? And I don't want to be pecked or mauled. But when the mother eagle builds a nest, she starts with things that aren't comfortable, like thorns, broken branches and sticks and and rocks, and other items that don't make a good nest. And she starts with that, and then she lines the nest with nice things like a thick padding of wool or feathers or Fur from animals that perhaps you killed, making it soft, making it comfortable for the eggs. And then the eggs are hatched, and the growing birds start to like being in the nest. And as they reach the flying age, the, 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 the comfort of the nest, they like it. The free meals make them reluctant to leave. You know, we have some people who understand that as living at home, amen? The free meals make it hard to want to leave. And so the mother eagle starts stirring up the nest. She starts pulling out the nice parts of the nest, like the the carpet and the wool and the fur and the feathers. And next thing you know, all they have there is the rocks and the branches and the sticks, and it becomes uncomfortable for them. And as more of the bedding gets plucked up, the nest becomes more and more uncomfortable. And finally, they... Leave the nest as they develop. And you know, and there's no trial run here for eagles, I imagine. Once you're out, don't look down, I guess, right? Once you take off, you take off. Never flown before, but here they try. Jesus had reached the stage of development. He seemed comfortable, actually, leaving the nest, But his parents were the ones that seemed to be uncomfortable a little bit. I mean, he is only 12. Look at verse 47. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said, son, where have you been? Can't you see it? Where have you been? Why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. You know, five-year-old John David loves to hide right now. A few weeks ago, Emily took him to a store with Abigail, her oldest daughter. She calls me up. She goes, well, I can't find him. I was like, what? I'm about to call the cops. He's hidden in the clothes somewhere, playing a prank, you know. So I said, get Abigail on the phone. I said, Abigail... You are responsible for him not leaving your sight because mom's trying to pay and talk and do all these things and you know, stay with him. I don't know where he is, right? And so they went to the front and they said, Did he leave? And they said, No, we haven't seen a little boy leave. He's not gonna leave, you know. So they finally found him. Mom was not too happy. When she was happy, simultaneously she wasn't happy when she found him, right? You've probably been there. I know some of y'all have told me your stories where you've had a scare like that. You're happy they're there, but then you're like, What are you doing, right? Why did you do that? this is how Mary is all she could think about in that moment was the safety of her son and in that moment she clearly had forgotten that he was not just her son he was God's son and God is going to protect his son amen his time was not ready to leave at age 12 and perhaps she had forgotten about the necessity of Jesus starting to, to leave the nest. And perhaps in that moment of fear, Mary had forgotten that God had given her this child. This was not her idea, it was God's idea. Sometimes, as we follow Christ, we forget that, that our spiritual development is not our idea. It's God's idea. And he puts it in her heart, and he makes it happen as we grow closer to Christ. Our priorities develop. Sometimes I think our priorities are, are kind of like a, a Polaroid picture. We take it and it's developing. We shake it to get it developed faster. You know what I'm about? So you had Polaroids, some of you have no idea what I mean, right? right. But Sometimes some kids have Polaroids. They kind of know. It's kind of in back in sometimes. You can't rush it. it has to develop. And sometimes we are called to leave the nest of our bad priorities whether it's comfortable or not and get out into the uncomfortableness so we can develop if you are completely comfortable in your life right now you, you just have you, you're just completely content again i'm not saying not just content but you're just comfortable Some, you need to think about your life god is always wanting to develop you in a certain way Yes, he, gives, he blesses us. He wants us to be content with life. But if we've gotten spiritually fat and lazy and comfortable in that nest, don't be surprised if there's a rock sticking at you or a thorn. Some of you are thinking, I got 15 thorns sticking at you, prodding you, so your priorities can develop. And then finally, number three, as we grow spiritually, our priorities mature. See, development is one thing, but maturing is coming to what you've been called to do. It's, it's the finished product or getting close to it. We develop, but then we get into maturity. Verse, verse 49. Jesus says this. I'm sure in a very respectful tone. as is translated from the Greek. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? This is not some teenage back talk. This isn't what my teenager would say, bro, right? He's just saying, did you not know where I must be? The age of 12, we see Jesus has started to develop an awareness of his unique relationship with God the Father. To what extent he fully realized this or had fully realized it before, we don't know. But he is surprised that his parents don't understand it. He doesn't get why his parents don't get it. Now I can imagine his entire life, he's heard the stories about his birth. The miracle of his birth. I can imagine him as a little 3-year-old, 4-year-old boy sitting in his mother's lap, her rubbing her hands through his hair and telling him about that night in Bethlehem, about how God provided for him, about how he was born in a stable, and I can imagine him telling him how special he is and how he's going to be. All four of our children have birth stories. We talk about it all the time, or we've talked about it before with them. The last one came out so fast we had to catch him. He came out, we called him like a football the so only one I missed because I was looking at Emily and he came that fast. Only one I didn't get to see actually leave, you know, be born. They all have a story. I imagine Jesus has been told his whole life about his miraculous birth story. How special he was, how God had a plan for him. So maybe this is why Jesus was confused as to why his parents... Didn't just know that now is the time for the learning learning portion of his ministry. At this point, his relationship to his parents is changing as his actions begin to mature. It's hard enough to have children. You've been a child. Many of you have children. It's hard enough for that relationship to change. Imagine again if Jesus was your son. No longer will they be his spiritual leaders for long. And not only will they not be his spiritual leaders, he will be their savior. He will be their Lord. It's an amazing thing. Jesus starts to mature to this phase of life. now. Maturing our priorities is actually expected from us as Christians. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. We need to grow in our thinking. Ephesians 4 says this, into Christ. We we if we don't mature, we're going to be tossed to and fro by this world. We're not going to know what to believe, what's true, what's right, what's wrong, but the more we mature in our knowledge of Christ and understand who he is, then we can withstand the storms. 2 Timothy 2:22. 2, Paul tells the young pastor Timothy, flee youthful passions And pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from pure heart. There's a time when you're young and you're going to do passionate, as he says, things. Those times are over. He says now you're maturing and you're going to mature in righteousness. You're going to mature in faith. You're going to grow up. And spiritually speaking, we're all called to do that. As we age chronologically, as we age spiritually. Verse 50. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. Even though Mary and Joseph knew Jesus was the Messiah, they still were confused as to what he was saying. But they were his parents, and Jesus listened to, listened to them, and he went home with them. Look at verse 51. And they went down with them, came to Nazareth, and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus continued to change into the man that God knew he would be. And when our priorities continue to develop, then they start to reach maturity and jesus quickly matured as his priorities developed there's a young girl who came to faith in christ jesus as her lord and savior she went to the to the new members new members class at the church and an old deacon was there and he said young lady were you a sinner before you received the lord jesus into your life she said yes sir i was And he said, well, are you still a sinner? And she said, to tell you the truth, I feel like I'm an even greater sinner than ever. Because that's how you feel when you grow in Christ. You're more aware of your sin. And he says to her, then what real change have you experienced? She goes, I don't know how to explain it, except that I used to be a sinner running after sin. But now I'm saved. I'm a sinner running from sin. And that's the frame of mind we have as we follow Christ. We no longer run to it, we run from it. Now, sometimes it catches up with us, sometimes we let it catch up with us. But the trajectory of our life is running from it as we follow Jesus Christ, as our priorities change, as they develop, and as they mature. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus Christ, Though he was in the form of man, thought nothing of it to come down here and to 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 live the life we couldn't live. To die our death on the cross, and on the third day to be raised, so that those who would place their faith in him would have salvation, be made right with you, Lord. So, Lord, if there's one here that's never placed their faith in you before, that today would be the day of their salvation. Today would be the day that they make the biggest priority change they can ever make. That is to follow you as their Lord and Savior. Father, for those of us that are Christians, that are believers today, show us in our life how our priorities can change. Show us what we need to replace them with. Show us how they need to develop Show us what habits we need to use to mature so that we can run from sin and run after you. Lord, we love you. We give this time to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.